0: Hey, welcome back to Pitching Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And today's other co-host, Sebastian. Hey, how's it going, fellas? We mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss other happenings around the hockey world, so be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share any hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So to start off today's podcast, we do want to mention that uh, our previous special guest, Sebastian, has now officially... Been named a co-host here on Pigeonhole Hockey, so
1: congratulations, Sebastian! You're part of the team.
2: Uh, thanks for having me, fellas. I well, love the podcast, and I'm,
1: I'm fired up. Well, welcome aboard. Now we got two uh, two versus one: Canada versus the Yanks. Well, I'm sort of split down the middle since I live here, so I better watch out. Okay. Well, we got
0: two goalies <laughs> against the Goon. <laughs> there we and go. But we, well, we can shift that, and it's two you know uh, two Canadians against the Yank, um, and then you guys can also well. We're we're married to Habs fans. You're married to a Leafs fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. You guys beat me on that one. Um, yeah, so we, which, have by a, the way, we have something. To do. Sebastian, here's my first question though, because yeah, we will talk about the TSM bias because it's pretty damn ridiculous. How I didn't notice this bias until like the last like say five or ten years. Like when I was growing up, I didn't really notice it. You know, I would just watch it and I would see reporting. And I didn't see the Leafs rah rah. When did you notice it start to happen?
2: Honestly, like. For me, as a Sens fan, I kind of, it was probably in like the early 2000s. I mean, the Sens are going for like a cup run or, you know, they're a goal away from the Stanley Cup Finals. But like, that's not talked talk about. It's like, well, you know, in this offseason, uh, Matt Sandin tripped and fell. So we'll cover that. Let's not worry <laughs> about the Ottawa Senators in the Stanley Cup Finals right now. Yeah. And it's just, it's always been like that. And I mean, now I think it's even worse. I mean, like I said, we just, they just covered a, a scrimmage while, you know, there's hockey news going on. But yeah, it's it's always, it's always been like that. And it's, it's kind of funny to watch actually.
1: Yeah, and especially with Canada, right? It, you know, you've got you're going to have the fans all over the entire country. You're going to have Habs fans. You know, the other teams too. They're spread out because people move all over. I think they could be a little bit more localized. You know, like the Edmonton, Calgary type of thing, because you know, because just because the age of the franchises, right? You know, because one thing somebody asked me when I was here is why is that the Coyotes not my number one team? I'm like, no, I can't just walk away from my team that I've been cheering for every single. Day of my life, I'm like I, you can't, I, I can't, you can't
0: change like that on a dime. As much as I love the Capitals, I will always be a diehard Sabres fan first. And once the Sabres, if the Sabres ever face off against those teams, those teams are dead to me at those games. I don't care. Yeah, so, so I know what you mean. I can't be, I can't be a, I can't be a Caps fan first because I was born and raised a Sabres fan.
1: Okay, so it was interesting when I moved to the U.S., you know, I was used to the CBC calling games. Now, even the CBC has some slants to it, right? I, I used to love the CBC, Sebastian, because Hockey Night in Canada was just cut and dry. They just announced a damn game, right? Yeah. You didn't have a lot of bias. They just called the game, and that's what you liked. And you weren't, you know, they didn't cheer louder for one team scoring a goal than the other, except, you know, in playoffs, right? Just because of that momentum right and that didn't that never bothered me right but now you can even see it I think it's I don't know if it's Gary Galley that kills me when he announces the Habs game I'm like you're a former Bruin (laughs) and the stuff he'll do like the guy's intelligent he played hockey right but I'll watch the guy talk about the dumbest little thing a Habs player did like just one thing and he'll go on about it for about 10 minutes meanwhile 15 other significant things have happened during the game. Just shut up and call the game. I don't want your rambling opinion over the same thing that you're fixated on. And you know I can go back and give examples, but I've been watching a game. actually, I can just have to go back on my Facebook long enough to when the Habs are playing a game and pull one of those up, like up, oh, there goes Galley again. He's, he's really he's 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 really bothered by that trip they got away with. Oh, he's gonna keep talking about it. How was such a blatant call? Here we go. Ten minutes later, guess what he just brought up again? Everybody. <laughs> so, uh, but so while we're on that topic, then since we're rambling this way, or I started this ramble off, who are you? Some of the, your favorite guys that you look forward to from getting news from and announcers? Rick
0: Genaret, man, I'm from Buffalo. Like his call. <laughs> I don't care who you are in the hockey world. You look forward to Rick Genaret making he that did. call. You like, it, like I'm so blessed to have had him basically grow up as my, like, hockey commentator. And he wasn't initially. My dad would mute the TV mm-hmm. and put on the radio because he wasn't the Buffalo Sabres commentator for life. He was the radio commentator. And he would literally mute the TV. he put on the radio and he'd watch the games with the radio on so he could hear Rick Jennerette make the calls. And so you guys, you
1: guys had a you, – you were he, – didn't he get really sick one day and pass yeah, he, out and, and – and yeah, he, had did. he actually
0: while yeah. commentating because he did he did get diagnosed with cancer. Him and Jim Kelly, actually the Buffalo Bills' uh, ex quarterback, uh, were both going through cancer at the same time, and they are both announced to be um, in remission. I think within the same week. So that was a huge like. I think they did a thing on the ice with with Rick Jenneret and Jim Kelly. I think I could be wrong. My you know memories fade, but. No, he, he did, and he did pass out once during a game while making calls. So, that, But he's good now, but again, he's just getting older and older, and the Sabres need to step up because he deserves, and we all, all the Sabres fans deserve, a DVD copy or electronic copy of the Sabres winning the Stanley Cup with Rick Generate making the calls. We all deserve that.
1: And by the way wasn't he the first one that coined that the coined the term of uh, you know uh, you know top shelf from Mama Heights Mama cookies?
0: cookies yeah And
1: then he watched everybody else trying to rip off that term and try to call it something else right They His best
0: to- calls came off the cuff he says he tried to prep some but his best ones came off the cuff like that May Day, Mayday He's yeah. like you know no one was prepping for that May wasn't a scorer May was more the you know the tough guy grit and when he scored that goal he he said all I could think of was Mayday and he just kept screaming it but it's like the one of the most epic calls in NHL history because it's just if, if so perfectly fits the scenario, you know. It just honestly, just I so much look forward to him making calls and everything. And I know Steve was pretty excited. You, you're really excited to hear his. <laughs> oh call. my god! Yeah. So yeah, Michael,
1: Michael, 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 Michael. I like how the Canadian here just went, "Oh my god." <laughs> Yeah, that's a good, it's the other Canadian says the same thing. Like, no way, but it seems like Peter Maguire, they just give him a, an interview as a GM position for every single team. But you guys know the history of this this guy, right? When he was a G when he was a GM of the Whalers? You guys you guys know what he did, right? No. No. Oh my goodness, boys. Okay, so I'm gonna pull up so I don't misquote this. But Sebastian, give your comments on McGuire. Uh by the way, Maguire's gonna hear this podcast and still respond back. And Sebastian Lamar from the University of
2: <laughs> oh, listen. All, all I have to say is, for for me, the only the only thing I think of Pierre McGuire now is when he ruined the World Juniors goal after Jordan Everly scored, and I forget who was doing. Maybe it was gordon Miller was doing the call with him, and he just yelled, "Can you believe it?" And then out of nowhere, he goes, "I can." And I was just like, "Shut up! Just let the moment happen. You don't need to say anything."
1: Okay, so listen to this one, boys. Okay, so I've got a few of them linked up because you guys can look this on up withers lose another one but here's a mcguire mcguire's tenure a bad situation <laughs> all right so mcguire apparently and i'm sub phrasing all this stuff you guys can look it on up because i almost died when i read this crap uh, he was comparing himself to a mixture of scotty bowman and some other high power gm right somebody who's just hockey iq's knowledge is out, you know just unbelievable, right? That's how he was describing himself. And he would call the owners on a like on a nightly basis after a game and brag himself up, calling and doing that stuff. And I could see this crap happening, right? <laughs> but, but, but here, look, like this is a guy named Jeff Jacobs who wrote this back in 1994. Okay, so at 32, mcguire was the youngest head coach in NHL. He never had been a head coach at any level, and it showed. <laughs> He is book smart, X's and O's, but often not people smart. Ding, 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 ding. Nobody cares what university somebody played for. I don't care anymore. I can look it up. Because that's his biggest contributing point right now is just that. And it's actually it's when not I, even
2: the universities, though. It's like when he goes, well, Sidney Crosby's such a great player. Did you know when he was
1: 13 he liked Fruity Pebbles? Like, <laughs> shut up. one like, no wants stalker. to know
2: that. He's he the
1: Sidney Crosby expert. In a blistering post-mortem, Captain Pat Verbeek called Maguire's firing the best thing that could have happened to the <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, look, He was clearly loved. Yeah, that's exactly it. From I, I remember somewhere in reading his stuff, what he had done, I think, you know, is he had called another team and given them some, you know, information about the team following the next game. I don't know if this was, you know, him hoping he was going to get a job with that organization by doing this, but he was, that was one of the reasons why he was let go. But when the team hated him that much, you know, they couldn't wait for him to be gone. How would anybody consider him, you know, for this stuff? And they just said he's, you know, obsessive control freak and all this other stuff. I'm like, well, I, I yeah, like I, I, I didn't have too many issues with him very early on in his career. I didn't know anything about him, but the the more you know, the more attention he got, the worse his ego got. And that's what this art, this this, it's kind of funny. I'm saying this stuff, almost feeling bad, but I read his article, I start laughing because it, it just echoes the sentiment. So look up the the Hartford Current, okay, guys, uh, and just look up McGuire's tenure at that situation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well not only that, but I, I wanna consider like I mean maybe I'm wrong here. I would love somebody to to definitely prove me right. But uh and I'm an office fan, massive office fan, and there's one episode where Ryan uh is getting like rehired by by Dunder Mifflin because Michael's obsessed with him and you know, but Michael has a goatee this episode and all of a sudden Ryan walks and he's got a goatee and he's like, Oh Art, did you wear this goatee after you saw me have one? And Mike's like, Uh-huh. And I feel like that's Pierre Maguire with Sidney Crosby because I swear to God, once I saw Sidney Crosby growing a goatee and suddenly Pierre Maguire had a goatee. <laughs> so I, I feel like Michael Scott and and Ryan in The Office is basically Pierre Maguire and Crosby. Crosby's like, I don't know, man. He just it, he creeps me out.
2: <laughs> to be fair, for any Office fans listening, Pierre Maguire is the Ryan of the NHL, let's be honest here. <laughs> you mean the, uh, the Michael Scott? Yeah, no, I, he's kind of a mix. He's kind of like... He would start the fire with a cheesy pita, and then yeah, he'd probably yeah. brag about it. And then he'd think he has all the power, even though he's like an intern.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. He's got. He's got his. Uh, I'm going to business school, so
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's Premier McGuire.
1: But uh, so yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah, so that so that guy. I think he just. I think they just entertain him every time because you'll hear, "Well, McGuire's going to go interview, right?" and You just know it's never going to happen because if it honestly happened, coyotes, I, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't have cheered for you at all. I wouldn't have watched any game because it would have been this is McGuire's team. This is going to get epically bad. And then they truly would would have been been any better than your previous guy. Well, here's the thing about okay, so okay, so now we're going off on a whole other huge tangent, right? So let me. I found I found a
0: pain point and I just poked it.
1: Can you poke it away? When Don Maloney was GM. He was building up, you know, he's the one that took, you know, got that team prepped and ready for their one magical run to the conference finals, right? And he wanted that bigger team to compete because literally, you know, there was skill out west, but they were just wearing teams down with the size of their team, right? So he wanted to have that style of team. And then he he kept stocking up on draft picks. Like, they were so draft pick heavy. So when the Canadian owners came on in, they were just wanting to trade for everybody and trade away all these draft picks. Shaika inherited a team that was in good shape for a rebuild, right? Because Maloney got them there. Everybody was frustrated with Maloney. The Canadian guys were frustrated with Maloney because they just didn't think he did enough to keep pushing. But that team that competed in the conference finals had a two- to three-year span before that was it, right? And Maloney, just after the second year when they missed a play, I was like, now that's it. Let's blow this thing on up. So Shaika came in, and Shaika made a few good decisions, but then it's the it's the bizarre ones. Like, Even though I really like Taylor Hall... And I was like, while well, he's here, I'm going to be excited that he's here. But I think we overpaid. They didn't have the cap room to have him. And what was Shaika thinking, right? Because it had to be in the back of his mind. He was getting ready to bail because it didn't. It wasn't too long after that trade that started falling apart with Shaika, right? So you just watch some of these other moves that he did. Like I just don't get Clayton Keller's contract. You know, after just a you know just after a year, like that was a huge contract, Bridge the kid. You know, don't give him that much of a choice. Give him a $4 million bridge and then sign him. Because it's, he was, a lot of his stuff was trying to calculate, try to get ahead of the curve, right? And saying, hey, if, if Keller ends up panning out like a, you know, like a, um, who are they compared him to? To a Patrick Kane, then if we get him at $7.7 million, we're getting a steal. That's a huge if, right? Because that's really.
0: Yeah, it's a leap. That's not yeah. how you manage a team.
1: Yeah, but when you look at, too, like what Shaik had built, he tried to build a fast-puck-moving team, and their defense was just too small. And they had nobody that could, you know, besides Krause, who I give a ton of credit to, that could actually fight back, right? So, I like, literally, i go back to this game again, because I always do. The Dallas Stars beat the ever-living crap of the Coyotes right in front of my eyes. And it was almost like, what are you guys going to do about it? And there was nothing they could do about it. The Stars were a bigger, more aggressive team. So that's what Shaika built him into. Anyway, um, you know, pain points. And this is all came from you, PM McGuire. So, PM McGuire, you inspired this chat. Um, <laughs> let's take it back to a more positive note, though. Um, so, Sebastian, who do you like calling games?
2: Uh, honestly, I, to me, like I, as a Sens fan, we, always, it's, we don't have anything that's great. But mm-hmm. I do love to tune into a Boston game. And it doesn't matter who calls their games – the accent and how biased they are—I just absolutely love it. Oh,
1: so you like, love? Oh, you love listening? You love the Boston home feed because of the biasness? Oh, it's so bad. I mean,
2: Boston can be down thirty to nothing, and they're still like, "Well, Boston is the better team." And I'm like, "Well, it's thirty to nothing,
0: so maybe." <laughs> that, it's... <laughs> <laughs> that is so on point because I'm with you when I'm when I'm watching these NHL games because you get a choice with the NHL network not the NHL but yeah. the NHL package to watch the home or away feed. I almost always try to watch the home team's feed. Even if, you know, even if I'm watching my savers, i I'm like, eh, if we're playing Pittsburgh, I want to I want to listen to what Pittsburgh has to say about. But you're right. When I listen to Boston, I'm like, I give it about a period. I'm
1: like, they can do no wrong. It's, it's this guy's name's Jack something. I hate the guy with the Jack pressure. Edwards. Jack Edwards. Yeah, so, so here's my thing with Edwards, okay? So I can throw it out there. Edwards talks like he's Milan Lucic. He's that tough. And this is what cracks me up, okay? Because I remember him... It was it was Benoit Pouliot that the, the Bruins were playing the Habs and something had happened and I think Edwards was calling him a chicken and I think Edwards leaned towards the fact that he could kick Pouliot's butt right he went he just went off I'm like yeah come on dude you know and then the funniest part though was Pouliot was then on the Bruins roster the next year so maybe in who I am I'm out you know trying to meet players before the game and. He comes walking by, and I'm like, hey, Ed, and Pouliot was not far behind him. I'm like, hey, Pouliot, <laughs> Edwards is right here. And Edwards just tried to look straight ahead and walk past me, and I was laughing, going, okay, say it now. He's right there. Go for it. So, but Edwards, my big issue with him is, like, some of the little, like, it's these cheap, stupid antics. Like, I think Edwards, like, I saw a YouTube clip of this. He went into Montreal, into the old port, and on a Sunday or a Saturday morning, nobody's there. It's dead. And he went on this tirade of what a crappy organization that Montreal Canadiens are, how classless, and he just went on this big rant in our hometown with nobody around. So zero respect for that, man. You want to do that? Do it in a a mob of people if you're that bold, Do you guys even have
0: any Stanley Cups in Montreal? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a scrub of a team competing with those coyotes right now. But so you, you like you just like the bias part of that, Sebastian. Like I, I when I when I moved to the US, I was shocked because like Pittsburgh will do that at times, too. I'm like, OK, what? Like that wasn't a penalty. I don't know what you guys are ranting and raving about. Philadelphia was brutal at one point. I think Boston pops them right, as far as bias goes. Um, Another one, though, who I shouldn't hate, you know, I shouldn't hate because he was a backup bully for Patrick Waugh, but uh, the San Jose Sharks, he'll make stuff, and I'll be like, dude, you're so biased. I just don't understand. Call the game. I understand when you really want your team to win and you really clutch at it, but if I watch something and at first my emotion gets the way of a call, the first thing I do is like, okay, first calm down and then watch the replays. And I'll watch the replays and go like, yeah, okay, I way overreacted. You know, or if I'm like, no, nah, I still think that's in the. I'll dig my heels in, but some of these guys kill me. But anyway, I can't think of his name. He was uh, Brian Hayward. There we go. So that's that's it there. But uh, now going back about guys that'll call it out, I gave I gave Bissonette, you know credit when he started doing the radio announcing for the Coyotes because. He actually would, you know, first of all, he said, it felt weird to him. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing here, Biz, calling out these players that he knows were better than him, you know, skill-wise. But that's what play-by-play, and this is what we do, right? When you sit back and you're watching a game, even as a fan, you're giving your basic analysis. And you can point out errors that somebody shouldn't, they've got to, how they improve their game, right? But Biz will call out the Coyotes when they lay a deuce on the ice. He'll flat out say, yeah, they didn't bring it tonight it wasn't there or such and such player really needed to step up their game, right? And I appreciate that. I don't want a homer calling. Now, um, one last quick note, though, uh, just like you said, Sabat, or, you know, um, Chris, about the the legendary calls, Pierre Houd, his every time the Habs score a goal. So it's one of those epic calls. And again, half the people can't understand what they're saying in French, right, if you don't speak the language. I'm not that fluent in French. I can pick up stuff here or there. I just don't find it super biased because, again, they will watch the French media is notorious for ripping apart the Habs, right? <laughs> right? So the only bias that happens is when there's an injury like already, and they go a little overboard, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, Sebastian, I, I got to go back to this, man. Like, you've got more patience than I do because you, you fight this comedy while you're watching these – the Homer announcers announce a game. It just grits on me, man. So kudos to you, brother. Uh, uh, it's always I, it's always
2: fun to hear I, a guy just over exaggerate about absolutely everything. So you know, it gives you a good laugh while you're watching hockey.
1: Yeah, but the amazing thing is, there's there there there's got to be people out there agreeing with him, right? Going, oh yeah, that's 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 bang on analysis.
2: <laughs> yeah, you it, know the, the entire the entire city of Boston. Oh yeah,
1: that was not a penalty. He only
2: broke his nose. <laughs> game. Yeah.
1: Not a penalty. Ah, <laughs> oh, that shouldn't be five in a the game. There wasn't that much blood. Meanwhile, five chiclets on the ice. Guy getting stitched up. <laughs> So. <laughs> so it turns out this episode is going to be all
0: commentators because I want to throw you guys a little curveball here to wrap up the podcast. All right. I kind of want to throw the curve at you. The Seattle Kraken are entering the league next year. Who do you think their uh, commentator might be?
1: Ooh. That's going to be a... They, they're smart to take a local guy that's already ingrained and then get somebody else that's been big in the hockey community. That's just my opinion. You've so you gotta... think
0: you find a former NHL player from... Because I know that, uh, you know, I think it's... Tyler Johnson, is he the one on waivers right now in Tampa? Yeah. So like Tyler, John, I think Tyler Johnson and TJ Oshie are both from the Seattle area. So I think that to build that back to the roots thing or whatever they're trying to do, the grassroots movement there in Seattle, or maybe I just make that up in my head because I wrote a paper on it a couple years ago <laughs> about if they, if they got a team, what they need to do. And they got a team that getting those Seattle kids, TJ Oshie, I think they just got to go after Oshie. Uh, and I think it's going to be I think they're going to be able to pick him up in the ex- expansion draft. And honestly, if I'm then I'm, I'd still go after Tyler Johnson. You want some local boys on the team that the fans can connect with. So if you're looking yeah, at commentators
1: it, now to look, though, because they're still going to be under that same cap. Right. The only way they'll take Johnson off those books is if they get something good in return. Right. It's going to have to be Johnson in a first or something like that. Well, I think get, it
0: could benefit both Tampa Bay and Seattle for them to get Tyler Johnson on the team and maybe for Tampa to eat some of the cap. It's kinda of like when Vegas went after made they made sure they got England because he was a Vegas guy. He he lives in well, Vegas, yeah, they, they, passionate about Vegas. And I think you it, it it really helped the team identify with him very the fan base identify with him very quickly. And I think that's gonna be pretty important moving forward. So in commentator speaking, who do
2: you go after? So actually I just looked it up and they actually did uh, already announce who their their one full time play by play announcer will be. So Seattle will be the first team in NHL history to have a full-time black play-by-play announcer. His name is Everett Fitzhugh, and uh, he was the uh, ECHL Cincinnati Cyclones play-by-play announcer. Oh, okay, so he had
1: that. And does he have any other hockey background behind him?
2: That's why I'm trying to just looking through the the article right now.
1: Because because um, some, sometimes I like former players to a degree. Announcing, like, it's kind of, you know, that one's kind of a dicey one. And to be honest, again, here's my bias. I tend to love the goalies. goalies they,
0: sp- honestly, goalies see the game differently.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, it's like some people don't like Kelly Rudy, but I don't – normally Kelly Rudy's giving reasonable points in a game, right? Like, everybody's goes off on their weird tangents at times, but I like Kelly Rudy except for some goalies. Hockey fans, uh, this – This was the completely unplanned portion. We did not think we were going down this direction today on one of our more unique podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry for the guys I got crapped on like McGuire. Sorry, but not sorry. But uh, always, always good discussion. Yeah, it was a great discussion.
0: I'll have to re listen to it to, to figure out how to describe this episode. It's just going to be the commentator <laughs> episode. Uh, NHL commentators, who we just, like. And just just, we just call,
1: it, call it the Maguire tangent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the McGuire effect, or the, yeah, we can just call it the McGuire effect. You know, we want to thank again all of our listeners for uh, tuning in and be sure to listen out for Wednesday night's podcast where we will be giving our predictions for the NHL season. So this was Chris, Steve, and Sebastian.
1: Have a great one, guys.
2: Have a great one.
0: And we'll catch you next time.